if you were going to a paint and sit with your girlfriend, right? Like, what do you do? What is the conversation on the way home after your girlfriend slobbed the knob at the sip and paint? You're listening to Social Misfit. What's going on, Misfit? <clears throat> Excuse me. Misfit. Ooh, what's going on in my voice? <clears throat> Misfit. Well, shit, that just got worse. Okay. <clears throat> what's going on, Misfits? How y'all doing? It's me, your host, Chloe Hilliard. It's another week. It is another fantabulous time to join together in community and figure out what is going on in the world. Yes, it is. And also, um, I just want to say you're doing great. You know, I know I release these podcasts now on Monday morning and I just want you all to know that you are doing amazing. Okay. You are here. You are thriving. You are going after your goals. If you're procrastinating, like I tend to do, just understand that sometimes you need to sit and be in the moment and allow yourself to heal from whatever it is that is holding you back from doing the things that you need to do. If you're lazy, I get it. Take a nap, get up and try again. That's the extent of my motivational speaking for this week. Cause we got things to talk about. Okay. We got a lot of things to talk about and I'm letting you know right now, I'm giving you a little rundown of what we have on this episode. Number one, we talking about Joe Rogan. We talking about Aquafina. We talking about McDonald's letting you build your own heart attack. We talking about 7-Eleven now delivering food. Like what food do you want from 7-Eleven? Uh, we talking about a woman who was caught on video, uh, sucking a ding dong at a sipping paint and why those arts and crafts events are, are, are terrible for the African American female community. Huh, that is your menu for the day. Now, what am I been up to? I have done the same thing that I just told you to do. I took a mental health break. I have been relaxing and relating and releasing. And you know what else I did? In addition to relaxing, relating and releasing, I have taken a break from cannabis. Now, I miss it so much. I ain't gonna lie. I ain't gonna lie. I was out here faint out, okay? I was out here just... First of all, when I moved to California, what well, we'd be in legal and highly accessible, which is vastly different than how it was in New York City, where you had to know somebody that knew somebody and you definitely wasn't going to cop off the street because the shit was probably oregano. And the person that had the good stuff was never reliable because they were trying to deliver to all five boroughs and maybe even the tri-state area. So you got what you got when you got it. Then you move here and it's like, oh, first of all, the first time I went to the supermarket in my neighborhood on the receipt on the back of the receipt was coupons for a dispensary. So they was like, Oh, you, you already got your food for your munchies. You might as well get the thing that's going to get you the munchies. So I started shopping at these dispensaries and, you know, cultivating my palate and partaking in the cannabis. And it was, it was, um, it was great. It was great. It definitely helped me with, uh, you know, the transformation from moving out here. And then at the beginning of the year, I said I have been consuming a lot and smoking and I'm not even really a big smoker. Like I don't know how to roll. I use like a one hitter. Some people be laughing at me because they be like, girl, you don't even know how to roll. No, I don't know how to roll. And I would take edibles. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to take a break. So I took a break and I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily feel vastly different. I know I'm not eating, uh, eating all the munchies foods that I used to be eating, which has been important to me because of my wellness journey. And I want to, you know, maintain my health and my, my physique. So cutting out cannabis was helpful with that. And also it became something of like, kind of like a, a crutch a little bit. 
Now listen, I'm I'm definitely gonna go back to smoking. Okay, I, I I don't want you I don't want you to think that I'm out here being like I've given it up. I'm definitely going back because I I like it and I'm a grown ass woman. But I had to take a break. And sometimes you gotta let things uh let things go so that you can like miss it. And then when it comes back, it's even better. Also, my tolerance was going like through the roof. Like it was way too high. My tolerance was way too high for my liking. So I'm hoping to reset my body and my palate and my tolerance so I can get back to being like, Ooh, five milligrams. Oh my God. I'm done. I want, I want to be cute. You know what I'm saying? I want to be cute and dainty. Thank you for agreeing with me. What else did I do this weekend? I watched fat Tuesday, highly, highly recommend fat Tuesday on Amazon prime. Yes. Amazon video, check out Fat Tuesday. Really, really good. It is a docu-series, three-part docu-series on a black comedy night here in Los Angeles that ran for 10 years, hosted and created by Guy Tori, who is Joe Tori's younger brother. Joe Tori is Chicago from Poetic Justice. His younger brother is also a comedian and actor. He started this room for black comedians because, of course, comedy clubs don't really book a lot of black comics, even to this day. And they definitely don't book women. So he created a space here in Los Angeles at the world famous comedy store. And it was really, really good and really well done. It was directed by Reginald Hudlin and I highly recommend it. I mean, it was, it's a very unproblematic watch and you get to see a lot of great comics from especially like those videos and clips of them from back in the day. Also really showed me how much like Robin Harris was like a staple in the comedy community out here because in New York, we knew Robin Harris from Baby's Kids. And then he was a dad in House Party. And then he passed away right when he was like on the precipice of greatness. And he died at 36 from heart failure in his sleep. Isn't that terrible? 36? Like, we got to take better care of ourselves. Like, I, I, I'm not about to preach to y'all, but I'm just saying, yeah, we gotta, we gotta take better, better care of ourselves because we, we out here, you can't make it through a pandemic and then still have bad habits because it's like, you see what happened to people who had quote unquote pre-existing conditions. That's a whole nother conversation, but take care of yourselves. Okay. So Joe Rogan, mm, mm, mm. what I find interesting about this debate about Joe Rogan is all the people who have decided to put a S on their chest and die on the court of public opinion cross for this man. Joe Rogan will be fine. Okay. Spotify paid that man $150 million and India Ari, bless her soul, has so eloquently pointed out that they only play music artists for which their streaming app is based off of 0.003% of a penny for every stream that they get. So when people such as Neil Young, who I didn't even know was still alive and, um, I have never gotten into Neil Young's music. I think he sounds like a cat on a hot tan roof uh, doing cocaine. I don't know what that sounds like, but he definitely, it does not have the, the lyrical chops that I, I, um, I tune into, you know what I'm saying? Like I could, I can kind of get into the Beatles. I can kind of get into um, Bruce Springsteen. Maybe, maybe, I mean, I fuck with John, uh, John Cougar Mellencamp a little bit more than Bruce Springsteen. Like if I had to pick a song in a juke, like guns to my head at a jukebox and he was like, pick a song from an old white man who plays a guitar. 
I, it will probably John Cougar Mellencamp. And where did that Cougar come from? But probably John Cougar Mellencamp. Oh, nope. No, I would Bon Jovi, but I don't know if John Bon just I guess John Bon Jovi plays a guitar. I, it would be okay. Gun to my head at a jukebox, okay? Because you know their records are old, so they gonna have records in the actual jukebox. Gun to my head, I have to pick one song by a white dude who plays a guitar. Bon Jovi, hard number one, followed by John Cougar Mellencamp, then Bruce Springsteen. And then Neil Young. And I know Neil Young is hella older than all the rest of them. But listen, it ain't my bag. So they all in the same bag. But anyway, so Neil Young really much, pretty much got the ball rolling. But let me tell you how crazy America is. Neil Young basically said, I don't want my music on Spotify because y'all have Joe Rogan on there. And he is dispersing misinformation about the COVID vaccine. And it's causing people their lives. Which is true, because how many times have we seen a post that's saying, like, this person said they're never getting a vaccine, and then two weeks later, they did. This person saying that the vaccine is a hoax, two weeks later, they did. This person say that the government is trying to put microchips in us, three weeks later, they did. Like, so we we have seen people being like, I don't know, right? And then they pass away. Uh, R.I.P. to them. But then I also want to know, like, what's that conversation? Like when you dispute like science and then you pass on and you go to your judgment and they call your name up and they say, what happened? What do you say? I didn't believe that you created man to be smart enough to create a vaccine to help us deal with this pandemic. Is that automatic? Like press the button, you just fall out of hell. Because I feel like that might be it. I feel like you press a button, you fall down to hell because you didn't believe in the Lord and his powers. Because like, if you could believe that Jesus walked on water, you could believe that God gave birth to a scientist who made a motherfucking vaccine that works. But people want to pick, you know, pick and choose what they want, what, what miracles they want to believe in. You know, we don't have no burning bush, but we got a booster shot. And y'all want to fucking argue about that. Y'all just have motherfuckers. If y'all was seeing a burning bush, you'd be like, don't bring me, uh, bring me a, a pail of water. Cause I, why is this bush burning? Who let this bush burn like this? Uh, uh-uh, uh, this ain't no, this ain't the word of the God. This ain't God. Something's wrong with this bush. Come on, hurry up. Bring me the water from the well. Let's t- go tell Mary to go on that mountain and bring us. A- a pail of water and put this and put this burning bush out. So once Neil Young said that he was going to pull his music from Spotify, other artists follow suit. Like I think that the, the old dude from Crosby, Stills and Ash, Winnie, what you barking at? Winnie, why are you barking? Winnie. Okay. So let me tell you something about my dog. Winnie, since we moved here has lost her hearing. So the fact that she's barking right now, is low-key terrifying. Because, bitch, what are what you hearing? What are you listening to right now? What's going on in your head? Are you playing uh, John Cougar Mellencamp and you jamming on a low? Like, Winnie, chill out. Winnie has also been diagnosed with arthritis in her hind legs, and I have to walk her with basically a sling that lifts up the back half of her body. So when I walk around the neighborhood with Winnie, it looks like I am walking a pug purse. Cause I'm lifting up the weight from her hind legs so that she can, you know, toot that booty up and do what she got to do. And this is the thing they don't tell you about when you have a senior dog. This is the things they don't tell you when you're like, Oh, I want a dog. It's so cute. And that dog gets to the senior age. You take us to the vet. They be like $600. What she need? Eye drops. What's wrong with her? Oh, she old. 
go back again. Adult, her leg is bothering her. What's going on? Mm, we could do an MRI. No, the fuck we can't. Winnie, stop. Hold on, y'all. I'm about to kick her out. I'll be right back. It's always something when you a mother, okay? When you a dog mother, it's always something. Where was I? Okay. So Neil Young said he's pulling his music off of Spotify because of the disinformation that Joe Rogan has been putting out there. And other artists follow suit. I think like, not Carly Simon. Who's the other old white lady? Joni Mitchell. Was it jo- Joni Mitchell? One of them folk, folky, folky people. She pulled her music. NDRE pulled her music, not because of the, not specifically because of the misinformation, but because old clips of Joe Rogan saying the N word popped up and not just like a clip or two, like a gang of clips. And then other people follow suit. And also keep in mind that Spotify has been doing artists dirty for a long time, not paying them any amount of living wage based on how many streams they get. They also recently just said that they weren't going to really be compensating comedy albums like that. So you have shortchanged a gazillion other people, artists, musicians, producers, et cetera, who work on this music for a dude who does podcasts and you paid him a gang of money. So now the ball started rolling and now Spotify has agreed to remove like, not even agree. It wasn't even like they said a statement and they just started taking some of his episodes down and episodes that had racial slurs in it that had like crazy guests that were saying crazy things. Like one of the guests he talked to said that uh, African-Americans are predisposed to have pretty much DNA that makes them less smarter than the white people. Like our brains are different. Like, like <laughs> the stuff that we always hear, you know what I'm saying? The stuff that we always hear them say, he had people saying it out loud on the mic. He was saying things out loud on the mic. And then when people were like, yo, this is not cool. We are not going to support y'all. Now this is the thing. Nobody said, boycott Spotify. They were like, I'm taking my music off. You can keep him. I'm just taking my music off. And then people got mad that people were being mature adults and saying that, Hey, I'm just going to take my stuff off. Like, Hey, like y'all do what you want to do. I just don't have to be a part of it. And so that is where the privilege comes in, right? Because you're damned. If you do, you're damned. If you don't, if you say I'm not fucking with y'all and I boycott y'all, then you attack that person. If the person is a mature adult and they're like savvy about it and they're like, you know what? I I don't, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just going to take my stuff off. Then you mad because they taking their stuff off. It's like, y'all don't even see the level of your entitlement. You don't even see how you think that you are beyond reproach. You don't even see how crazy it is that you have a white guy saying the N-word and y'all saying it's a joke. Like how? 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 Like never in the history of comedy has anyone ever said, yo, Joe Rogan is funny as shit. No one. No one. The nigga wasn't mentioned in Fat Tuesdays, nothing. Nobody has ever like, you know, who's my, my comedic inspiration, Joe Rogan. What it is, is that Joe Rogan speaks to a type of person who doesn't see themselves represented in popular culture, who feels like they are like, you know, a truth sayer, who feels like they are, you know, too real for people, too, too real for Hollywood. Mind you, Joe Rogan was a fucking actor. Okay. And it was actor slash comedian, but heavy on the actor. And now they feel like he speaks for them. And what happened is I can't say definitively 
how racist Joe Rogan is, but the fact that he engaged in these conversations and said the N word repeatedly means that there is some racial bias in his bones. Let's not sweep that up under the rug. And so all the people, all the people who came out defending him, all the comedians, all the white dudes, all the white women, all the Asian people, all, oh, let's talk about uh, let's talk about Andrew Andrew Yang I can't even say the man's name right Andrew Yang failed political candidate Andrew Yang had the audacity to tweet I don't think Joe Rogan is a racist the man interacts and works with black people literally all of the time literally all the time literally all the time now not only do you know what this man does 24 7 but you know about his interactions with black people you know who else interacted with black people all the time plantation owners plantation owners worked and interacted with black people all the time and they were hella racist you know who else interacts with black people all the time nfl team owners interact with black people all the time and they clearly are racist by the lawsuit that is being uh put against them for not hiring enough diversity and inclusion, even though they did a deal with Jay-Z who said that he was going to help mend the broken fences and bring in a new era of diversity and inclusion in the NFL and help them with their race problem after Colin Kaepernick never returns to the NFL again. And what did Jay-Z do for us? He got Dr. Dre, Eminem, Mary J. Blige, and whoever else to perform at the Super Bowl halftime. When Trump was still in office, it wasn't a lot of black motherfucking artists doing the Super Bowl. And that was because Trump and the NFL owners are friends. And they all felt the same way that he said and felt publicly about Colin Kaepernick and anybody who felt as though the NFL doesn't owe anything more to African-Americans. Talk about a system that's literally built on the backs of black men. And y'all still think that the men that run the fucking routes and win the championship games and all that stuff can't fucking coach. So that's what we're dealing with. That's what we still dealing with in 2022. So yes, Joe Rogan is problematic. And I don't need anybody telling me that he's not racist because when black people tell you that they are offended, fucking believe us. It is not your job to tell us how we should feel. And after seeing all of these people ride into the sunset saying that Joe Rogan is not racist, I was compelled to tweet this, which brings us to our social media tweet of the episode. The number of non-blacks telling other non-blacks that they shouldn't have to apologize to black people for their racist actions during Black History Month proves they never see us as humans deserving of respect, but rather walking YouTube tutorials that help make their lives spicy. That's what we got to deal with. That's crazy. That that's what we got to deal with. And you know what's nuts? Is that when you just straight up call somebody a racist because they doing some racist shit? How dare you call me racist? Yo, Joe Rogan been saying the N-word while crazy, yo. While crazy. He been saying the N-word. He's, as a matter of fact, he's a super cut. 72 minutes long, this nigga saying nigga. He's not racist. He has black friends. You could be racist and have black friends because what you tend to do, and we all know this, when a racist person or person who has like, you know, racial bias, they will disassociate a black person from their blackness and say, oh yeah, Chloe, she's my friend. She's like, she's such a good person. She's so, like, she is so smart. She is so like funny. She's like a good chick. Like I really enjoy her, but you don't see my blackness. 
And then you turn around and make like this sweeping, like stereotypical opinion about black people. Oh, they're all gangsters and murderers. And what about Chicago? What about that black on black crime? You don't give a fuck about black on black crime. Don't, don't even bring that up. You don't care. You know, you don't, you know, you know, I know you don't care. And you feel like you can say that thing to me to make it seem like you care about black people, but really that's your disdain masked as caring. And we know because we can see through the lines. We know when y'all are trying to like get over on us and say some shit that you don't really care about. You don't really care about if you really cared about Chicago, then motherfucking donate to the motherfucking grassroots organizations that's trying to get the guns off the street. Okay. And if if this government cared about the Chicago, they would definitely get the guns off the street. You mean to tell me America? You mean to tell me America with our gazillion, quadrillion, billion military budget and drones that can find an ISIS leader in a motherfucking cave and kill that nigga dead? You mean to tell me the motherfucking military power force that we have that can intercept messages and hack into accounts and all that stuff can't stop the guns from getting into Chicago? Did you see in the news that somebody won on a on a slot machine in Las Vegas and the machine malfunctioned and the gambling bureau of Las Vegas did their motherfucking CSI investigation and tracked that person down who had already went back home to give them their earnings. If they could find a motherfucker who won on the slot machine and a machine malfunctioned, one, they was able to calculate that the machine malfunctioned because they have that shit in the motherfucking computer. So that means like right now, whenever you put your money into a slot machine, you wasting your motherfucking time and y'all thinking you feeling lucky and that shit is like, the algorithm ain't ready yet. I ain't ready to spit out these motherfucking chips. Well, they knew that that shit was supposed to spit out some motherfucking chips and it didn't. So they said, ding dong, we got a problem. Let's keep our honesty and our truthfulness. So these motherfuckers keep coming back and they found a person and they gave them their winners. It was like over 200 thousand dollars or something like that gave their person their winnings they did all of that and y'all motherfuckers can't get the guns out of chicago get out my face out my face please you can if you wanted to you mean to tell me america couldn't find the drugs coming into america they wasn't bringing that shit through the motherfucking email not in the 80s when the drug epidemic was sweeping across the country and devastating black and brown communities them shits wasn't coming in from carrier pigeons it, 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 ports it was coming through ports y'all couldn't have stopped the drug trade y'all couldn't stop all that shit if you wanted to but it, it didn't matter because it wasn't your priority because it wasn't affecting people that you care about but now that the opioid crisis is killing white people now these companies are being sued and they have to pay out all these gazillions of dollars because it was killing white people about over medicating them yes and stopped it dead in the tracks when your mima and cousin and them was losing their motherfucking teeth it's stealing and shit for some motherfucking pills. Suck dick under a bridge for an opioid pill. Y'all figured out how to how to curtail that problem. So we already know what the problem is. Again, I'm not wasting my time trying to make sense of y'all acting like we don't know what the fuck y'all doing. So Joe Rogan will be fine. He ain't giving back that money. They gonna pull some of his episodes. They gonna take a hit on the stock market. And they're going to say, you know, we hear your concerns, but you mean to tell me again, America has all this money, military might, they couldn't stop guns getting into Chicago. They couldn't stop cocaine coming into this country. You mean to tell me whoever it is at Spotify, green lighting and vetting your motherfucking acts didn't have, uh, didn't hear the N word when he was listening to Joe Rogan before. So in conclusion on Joe Rogan, he's not going to change. What he's going to do is he's going to bury down deep 
his heels into the sand. He's going to be comforted and conjoled and consoled by his legions of fans. He's going to have more white people telling us black people how we should feel about white people saying the N-word. He's going to probably move his shit to Patreon so he can be hella racist and go about his business. That's what it is. And the next person that comes up, remember it was first, it was Howard Stern when Howard Stern was hella inappropriate, hella fucking racist. And he's like, I'm not racist. I'm Jewish. He's like, yeah, but you, you be, you be letting people on there saying some wild, crazy stuff. And I get it. You're equal opportunist shock jog. But when people say they're offended by it, like, you, you know, I mean, now Howard Stern is like chilled out. Like he's, he was like, yo, Donald Trump is too extreme for me. But what happens is when that shit stop paying and people stop paying attention, then you, you kind of cool, cool your jets. And I think Joe Rogan is a prime example of what happens when you feed a monster, right? When you start out being one way and you're level headed and you, you know, kind of can play to multiple audiences the way Joe Rogan did. And then all of a sudden you like bury yourself deep down into this like black hole of like narcissism and paranoia. And it starts to pay because now you have other people who are like, you know, dedicated fans and they want to hear more of that one particular thing case in point and i'm not trying to make this about me but i posted a video of me breaking down genuine song so anxious and it was in a moment it was in a moment matter of fact if you look at the video i had on my jacket i was about to go walk winnie actually i'm about to i was about to go carry winnie outside because she's a motherfucking disabled pug and I was like, damn, that song, I really want to hear that song. So I started playing that song out as I was getting her ready to go out. And I just had the thought and I was like, yo, genuine was preaching on this song. Like it feels very churchy, but he's actually like, you know, begging for pussy. And so I was like, I'm going to just like do a live commentary. And I videotaped myself, chopped up the video, put it on my Instagram as a reel. People hitting me up, like personally hit me up, like texting me like, oh my God, it's so funny. You got to do more. I want to see more. Why? Why do you want to see more? Why can't my creativity be motherfucking spontaneous? I'm not about to sit here and go through a list of motherfucking Wikipedia R&B love songs from the 90s so I can come up with some contrived bullshit. And that's how you get niggas trapped. That's how you back yourself into a corner, okay? But ain't nobody, ain't nobody, ain't nobody, ain't nobody, ain't nobody, ain't nobody gonna back me into a corner, okay? You understand me? Ain't nobody gonna back me into a corner. You're getting what you get when I give it. And you'll be fine with it. Because that makes me authentic. You hear me? Thank you for your support. I appreciate each and every one of you who like my shit, but this is, it's me. That's what I'm saying. It's me because it was a point when I truly was sitting here as a comedian, when the focus is a hundred percent on comedy being like, I got to come up with some sketches. I got to do this. I got to get a character. I need to get a wig. I got to get some clothes. I got to do that. I got to find a cameraman. I got to, and I'm not doing that no more. You getting me. This is it. And I remember so vividly when I was um, at Vibe Magazine, I worked at Vibe and I was leaving and I was leaving to go to like a startup because I had started doing stand up at that moment. And my dumb ass thought that start working at a fucking online startup would give me more flexibility with my schedule. I mean, I was dumb again. I was burnt out. I was like in my late twenties. I was just stressed out. Girl had been working nonstop for since for since I was like 17. So I was tired, burnt out, wanted an easier job, more money. And I was like, I'm going to work at an online startup idiot. But I remember telling somebody when I was leaving vibe being like, ultimately my goal is I just want to get paid for being me. I don't know what it is. 
this is actually before I started doing stand up. That's kind of like right around it. It's all around around the same time. My memory is shot and not because of weed. I just don't remember years. I, I can't. If you ask me like what year did something happen? I, I cannot tell you. And I know if that's a thing, but I cannot remember years. I barely remember people's birthdays. If it wasn't for Facebook and my fucking Google calendar telling me when people's birthdays were shout out to my best friend, Valine. Her birthday was um today, Sunday which is the date of this recording. So February 6th, shout out to my best friend in the whole wide world, Valine. Happy birthday, boy. I love you. Uh, so I don't remember anything. I don't remember much when it comes to like dates and times. But anyway, I remember telling somebody around that time of leaving vibe that I really just want to get paid for being me. Like, I don't know if it's a talking head. I don't know what it means, what it looks like, but I just want to get paid to be me. And then I got into stand-up comedy, which is me getting paid to be me. But then social media comes along and you're like, well, I'm not just by myself. I'm just, I'm not good enough. Like I'm not interesting enough. I need more. I need a gimmick. I need a sketch. I need a skit. I need a troop. I need a this. I need a that. I need, and I ain't doing that no more. This is it. So when I pick up the phone and I press record, you get in a hundred percent authenticity. If it is something that I thought about, I'm doing it in that moment, but I cannot plan anything anymore. That's why my shit is spir- uh, sporadic when it comes to my social media. It's like, I cannot work at it because it becomes a job. And that's not what I want to do with my time. I want to live my life. I'm 41. I want to go out and do hood rat shit with my friends. You in the hood now, baby. Thank you, little Kim. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I made it this far. Money in the bank. No kids. Got my shit together. Disabled dog that I'm taking care of that I love. I need some fun in my life. And I ain't about to sit in my house and come up with shit for y'all niggas to kind of like. Kind of. Maybe. Possibly. Press that heart on. No, I'm not doing that. Okay. In other race-related news, Aquafina, actress slash comedian has decided to leave Twitter because people keep calling her out about her black scent. Now she's an Asian woman who speaks with a heavy black scent and has picked the name Aquafina, which is definitely snatched from the black lady name headlines. And when people call her out about it, she's like saying everything, but sorry. And it's like, mama, just stop using the accent. And somebody raised a good point. They were like, if it was a black woman who was doing an Asian accent and every time she got a role, she's using this Asian accent, y'all would not even go for it at all. Y'all would say, just hire an Asian woman. If you want a black, a black person that sounds Asian, if you want a woman that sounds Asian, hire an Asian woman. And that is the same thing when it comes to Aquafina. If you want a woman that sounds black, hire a black woman. We ain't got to put no accent on. But you know what's so crazy? Y'all don't want us to sound like this. And I have made a concerted effort to use AAVE whenever I can. I am not code switching no more unless it, it comes down to, I don't know. Let me not say I'm never going to code switch. All right. I'll say, I say it's a, I do a hybrid. I do a hybrid of code switch with a sprinkle of AAVE. Like if I'm in a professional setting, I'm not going to, the, the, the New York accent is not going to be as thick as it would be if I'm talking to my homegirls. But I'm definitely going to say the things that I would normally say in a scenario. My reaction is going to be my reaction is just going to be slightly filtered. It's not going to be all the way purified. It's going to be like 60% filtered. 
And I also understand that AAVE is very regional. You know, there's different dialects, there's different words that people use that other people don't use. You know, um, you know, black people here in, in LA are different than black people in New York and they say things that I don't know. So I have to ask for explanations on things. So I, I get it. I understand. I understand. But Aquafina, girl, your name is Nora and you're from Queens. And I am tired of people saying, well, I grew up around black people and I just talk like this and that's just what it is. It's like, no, 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 no. Eminem don't even talk like that. That's the one thing I respect about Eminem. He didn't, he didn't come out here being, he didn't come out here talking like a motherfucking snow. Remember snow and farmer? Like that guy? Like, no, 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 no. Eminem was like, this is who I am. You got to lose yourself in the music the moment. Like if Eminem would, if Eminem said his exact same rhymes as a spoken word poet, you'd be like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Cause you can, cause he wasn't putting on no black scent. Cause he understood that he would get his ass beat and he had a bunch of goons around him. And yet, and still they will be up there being like, nigga, this nigga that and he would be like mom spaghetti. I know my place. <laughs> Keep these checks coming in here. I ain't, ain't about, ain't no fool. Ain't no fool here. Even when they was like, you're homophobic. He was like, you know what? Ring up Mr. Elton John. Tell her ass to come over here and play these keys so I can let these motherfuckers know what time it is. You ain't gonna, you ain't gonna cancel me. You're not gonna cancel me. And then what happened? Eminem rolled off to the sunset, let his natural brunette hair grow back. He said, fuck around with that peroxide if you want to. I made my money. And he's chilling. Wearing his baseball caps, getting ready to perform at the Super Bowl. We don't have Colin Kaepernick, but they brought Eminem ass back to the 50 yard dash line. Yard line. I know a little bit of football uh, lingo. Not enough, but enough, you know. Now, I'm not even going to lie. Eminem, Eminem had the black community in a chokehold. His first two albums came out when I was in college and people lost their shit. Because the truth of the matter is Eminem is a talented MC. He is, he is a talented wordsmith when that meant something in hip hop music. It doesn't mean that anymore. And... No one is ever listening to Ron's being like, yo, it's clever. That's why people like Kendrick Lamar so much. Cause it was like, yo, he's actually spitting. But then Kendrick did the thing that I cannot stand is when artists get to a certain point and they just stop enunciating. And I know I sound like an old woman right now, but I just need to understand what you're saying. D'Angelo did the same thing. SZA did the same thing. All of a sudden you go from saying every single, if you go back and listen to old SZA songs, she was singing and she can sing clearly. And then I don't know what she did. She inhaled from a motherfucking helium balloon. Her octaves went up and she started chopping up every single fucking word. And I still laugh every time I think about her saying probably as probably what sis? What did you say? Probably probably. Is that what you're saying? Probably probably what girl? I don't know what you got going on, but put the word back together. Probably probably. No, says, uh, I just want to know who was the engineer at the time. Like, I know they got to just be like, you know what? Let me just get my check. Cause this bitch is cutting up all these syllables. Like you done, you messing up motherfucking, uh, metronome ho. I don't know anything about music production, but I'm just saying, it says, uh, can you go back to saying your words with ease? Kendrick, same thing with you. Like, I need you to just, just sing the song and rap the words. And D'Angelo, I mean, you've been mumbling and, I mean, you went from, I want some more brown sugar to, I don't even know what you were saying. And you don't even include the lyrics in your songs anymore. And when you do have the lyrics because of Apple and I look at the lyrics, I'm like, is that what you were saying? 
bring back articulation, please. That's what I, I want to sing along with the words, especially since my cousin gave me a a karaoke mic for my birthday. I want to sing along with the words because I know what you're saying. Michael Jackson did that. He was like, you know, mealy mouthing his words a little bit, but we rocked with it because it was rhythmic and we understood it. But I just realized and want to be starting something. He's saying you're a vegetable. You're a vegetable. You're a vegetable. Legit. You're a vegetable. They hate you. Oh, wait, they eat you or something like that. You're a vegetable. Yes. You want to be starting something. You got to be starting something. You want to be starting something. You got to be starting something. You're a vegetable. What? Now, you know, that's how you know you've been a star since you was five. You ain't here talking about you a vegetable. Nigga, you a kid. Okay, Michael, you a whole kid in here talking about how how much disdain you have for a person is you call them a vegetable. Get your carrot ass out of here, nigga. That's what Michael Jackson was saying. Get your carrot, high fiber, and motherfucking uh, iron ass out of here. Good for me and shit. Can't stand your vegetable ass. You a vegetable. That's what he was saying in the song. Want to be starting something. Speaking of food. (sighs) McDonald's. McDonald's is allowing people to custom make their own sandwiches. So if you want a chicken cutlet on top of your Big Mac, you can have it. If you want a filet of fish stacked in between a Big Mac. Now, let me tell you who hasn't been at McDonald's in, 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 in years and years, uh, uh, in three months of Sundays. This here, this here person right here. Now, when they say a month of Sundays, do they mean like four Sundays in a month or do they mean like 30 days of Sundays translated to those being weeks? So like 30 weeks, including a sun. I don't know. What does that mean? A month of Sundays. I haven't seen you in a month of Sundays. If you know the answer to that, please drop it in the motherfucking comments. And shout out to the people who have been rating the um, podcast. Uh, I think I have like a 4.9 rating on like iTunes and on um, SoundCloud. I appreciate y'all that for taking time out of your busy day or maybe even doing it while you're sitting on a, on a crapper. Thank you for rating and reviewing this podcast because I know I have been hella inconsistent, but I'm working. I'm trying. I'm here now. I have not eaten McDonald's in a month of Sundays, probably three months, three months of Sundays. So I don't even know what's on the menu. I haven't stepped into a McDonald's. I don't know what they serve in, but now they allow you to customize the sandwich that you want. And I just wanted to say who decided this was, see, they want, they want us to go back because of the pandemic. People weren't eating fast food like that because one restaurant was closed and two people was like, if I'm gonna die, I'd rather die of COVID than motherfucking filet of fish sandwich. And let me just eat these soup and these legumes because I went and got every fucking canned food thinking that we was going to be in a motherfucking hunker down bunker situation. I did that as well. I didn't bring my cans and shit to LA, but I definitely stocked up and left all of my shit with my younger brother who has not eaten any of it. And I'm sure he threw it out, but I just want to know who decided that it was a good idea to let people who are going back to work, barely making a living on an hourly wage. Why would you give them extra work? Why would you have them do some shit that's not in a fucking manual? Why would you have them have to look at the motherfucking receipt that they barely look at anyway? 
It's no longer number one, number two. Like when you were like, oh, I know what number one is. I can make that in my sleep. But now they got to read the directions. Like, you know how many times I've ordered food on like Uber Eats or anything? And I'm like, hey, please, no ice in my drink or no cheese in my quesadilla. And motherfucker, give me extra cheese. So now you got how these people in a fast food situation slowing down production to customize sandwiches just so you don't lose your customer. McDonald's, you out here trying to kill us and I don't appreciate it. I don't appreciate it. And you know, we got things to do and people don't want to be sitting there customizing stuff for ungrateful motherfuckers. Speaking of other bad food ideas, uh, 7-Eleven now has delivery. I was out today and I saw a big ass billboard and it says 7-Eleven is now delivering. What exactly? What are you delivering 7-Eleven? Donuts, paint, like what, what is it? What hot foods do you have that people have to have it at home? 7-Eleven is for last options only. I have never heard somebody say, you know what I want? I want that last hot dog that's rolling around on that motherfucking conveyor belt at two o'clock in the morning at 7-Eleven. I just, I cannot get to sleep tonight if I do not have that one cruddy, thick ass fucking hot. I've never gone into a 7-Eleven and seen a whole new fresh batch of hot dogs on a roller. And that pizza looks hard as fuck and dried as fuck. Like if you eat pizza from 7-Eleven, you have a problem. Just go to the supermarket and get you a frozen pizza and put it in the oven. Get you a hot pocket, bitch. Put it in the toaster. Get a toaster strudel. Put it in the radiator. I don't know what to tell you, but 7-Eleven is not your cuisine of choice. And if you eat at 7-Eleven, just, you might as well just write a will. Okay. As soon as you get that 7-Eleven delivery. Now let's think about this. Just think about the quality of people that's probably delivering your 7-Eleven food already. So that's already problematic. And I don't think that 7-Eleven is creating any bags that's going to ensure the safety of your food during travel. So I'm sure somebody is going in there and licking your hot dog and giving it to you and you like, mm, mm, mm. I love the seasoning. I love the scene. Speaking of uh, licking hot dogs, y'all, are y'all appreciating my transitions? I'm trying here. I'm a little rusty, but I'm trying. I have not seen the video. I don't need to see the video. I can only imagine. But black Twitter was in a tizzy talking about there was a woman who was um, serenading schlongs at a paint and sip. Now, these paint and sips have become problematic in the community because you have a group of women who are getting drunk in a cute freakum dress outfits to go and sit on a stool and paint some shit of a naked man or I, like I don't even know how the paint and sips work when it's like an exotic dancer or like a, a nude artist like are you painting a naked man because like really let's think about it you're gonna paint a naked man who of course, it's going to have a gorgeous penis, right? Like, cause I would be mad if my girlfriend drug me out to a paint and sip and this nigga got two inches rock hard or if you're sagging. No, you, you got to have some hardware for me to feel like my ticket was worthwhile. So if I get dressed up and go to a paint and sip with my girlfriends and there's a naked God there that I got the paint. Number one, it's going to be a stick figure. I'm going to go, I'm going to hurry up and put something on that easel so I can get back to staring in peace and drinking my wine. I'm going to be sitting there just gulping. Mm. Was this a cabinet? A 2022? Ooh, it's so fresh. Uh, sir, can you turn around real quick? I just want to get the backside again. I mean, I finished painting. I just want to get the backside in my brain. I want to sear it into my memory. So when I go home, I know what I got to retrieve from the bank. And so this woman lost her mind and she... 
was like, you know what? I need to see it up close. But I guess like if you are uh, painting a nude man as a part of the art and you're married or you have a boyfriend, what, what do you do with that easel? Like, what do you do with that painting? Do you go back home and take him and be like, honey, look at my interpretive art. Uh, I'm Pablo Picasso. Like, what do you say? Like, what do you hang it up? What do you put it in a guest bathroom? Where do you put that big old dick at? Your artwork. Where do you put that at? In your house, in your apartment. I would like to know. How do you explain that to your husband? Hey, honey, I know you said you wanted me to get into my arts and crafts. I, you know, I've been stressed out, social anxiety, the pandemic and the kids. And I think I'm an artist now because look how realistic this dick look. Look at the vein work. I mean, look at, I have never seen no dick like this before. I mean, yours is great. You know what I'm saying? But that's like Mary dick. But this is like art dick. You know what I'm saying? Like, and but you know, with the artist's eye, I was just paying attention to the details. And I just wanted to go and show you just how amazing my skills are. I mean, I also had to taste it just to make sure that I was like painting it right. But you know, that's the job of an artist. You have to sacrifice your mouth sometimes for the art. So I'm very glad that you are okay with me seeking out my new hobbies and just finding peace and happiness so that I don't leave your monkey ass because you ordered 7-Eleven pizza last night for dinner for the kids and I was going to divorce you because you knew good and goddamn well we shouldn't be ordering a motherfucking pizza from 7-Eleven. And that's why I had to see a good penis tonight because you've been eating motherfucking 7-Eleven pizza and your dick don't get hard. So I had to pay money to go to the paint and sit with my girlfriends, wear my freakum dress and paint a big old dick that works. Can you imagine saying that to your husband? He'd be like, you know what, baby, you right. Baby, you right. You know, I've been eating a motherfucking 7-Eleven pizzas and my dick ain't what it used to be. But I'm glad you out there and found your passion. Why can't men be supportive like that? Babe, I'm out there. I'm glad. I'm just glad you out there. You found yourself and you're just really happy. You know what I'm saying? I just I just want you and all your girlfriends to just go to paint and sip as much as you possibly can. If that means that it puts a smile on your face, that that is what I said. When we, when we made our vows, I just wanted you to be happy. I just wanted you to be healthy. I just wanted you to be the best wife and mom that you could possibly be. And if going to a painting sip and licking another nigga's balls while you stroke it on the canvas, that's what I want for you. Cause I love you. Said no man ever. Also question. If you were going to a painting sip with your girlfriend, right? Like, what do you do? What is the conversation on the way home after your girlfriend slobbed the knob at the sip and paint? Like, do you play music? Do you have an intervention? Cause like, I'm, I'm looking at you a little crazy. If you just out here, just like slobbing new knobs, like you just can't be out here gawking on guests. You know what I'm saying? You can't be choking on strangers. Cause now I got to reevaluate your, your, uh, your judgment. Cause one, you're a grown ass woman, right? You know, strong, independent woman. You out here doing it for yourself. You want to go to a paint sip with your girlfriends. You kicking it and you kicking it. And then I, I turn around and you, you know, putting it in your mouth. Baby, we got to have a conversation about your self control. Cause I don't care how good it looks. Okay. We have women. We've all been in a situation where you've seen a nice one, a new nice one. You might even like drool a little bit. You might even get that windy wind. Mm, my mouth is so wet, mm, but you don't like put it in your mouth. But if you out there at a sip and paint with a homegirl, right? 
What if it's like a new homegirl? What if it's like, hey, y'all, I know, you know, I've been telling you about my new work friend at my new job. I really like her. She's really cool. And, you know, she's been going through a lot. And, you know, she's stressed out. She just got out of a relationship. And I told her to come. And I want y'all to meet her. And we have so much fun at work. And she is so fun and so sweet. Fast forward to y'all at the sip of paint with a new girl that you're trying to introduce to your homegirls. And you turn around. She already gawking on a nigga. <laughs> you might not be allowed to bring friends around me no more. I'm just being honest. I'm just being honest. Like, I don't want to go to dinner with her. I don't want to go to dinner with her unless she, unless we have a conversation. But like, girl, you can't be out here just going down on strangers in a public place. Now the video was out there. Now y'all got to go back to work the next day. And they go like, hey, Chloe, what's up with you? How was it when you went to the sip and paint with your new girl? You, did you have fun? I'm like, bitch, do not go on the internet because you're going to see how much fun she had. She out there risking it all for a nigga named Twan at a sip and paint. At a sip and paint. At a sip and damn paint. She took home more than a motherfucking canvas, nigga. She took home chlamydia. That's why she ain't at work today. She told me to let y'all know to send your thoughts and prayers because she over at back home healing up because she was on her knees at the motherfuckers of paint gawking on the nigga. That ain't shit. I know I ain't shit. I know I ain't shit. That's how, that's how you know you a grown woman. You be like, I know I ain't shit, but you, y'all gonna love it anyway. All right, y'all. I think it's about that time. I think we covered a lot. If you have anything that you want me to discuss on the show, please let me know. Let me know what news stories you want me to address here on Social Misfit with Chloe Hilliard. And um, have a good week. Be strong. Take care of yourselves. Love yourselves. Treat yourself. Don't be so hard on yourselves because I know we tend to do that a lot. Don't measure up to this false sense of like reality because I told y'all we'd be lying. Okay. So. If last week's lesson was we out here lying to each other, so don't feel bad about it. This week's lesson is give yourself grace and space to do the things you need to do so that you can be the most productive self because ain't nobody else going to invest in you the way you need to invest in yourself. And if you got to create barriers and say, listen, I need to pull my songs off the Spotify of life because y'all fucking up, then that's what you need to do. Okay. You ain't got to agree with everybody that's out here making noise. And you shouldn't feel bad about it either. If you say, listen, I got to stand up for myself because y'all are going along with this motherfucker. The emperor has no clothes on. You got to stand firm in what you believe in. So don't let nobody make you feel small this week. Okay. Look at me coming through being your Monday Monday morning inspiration. Don't let nobody make you feel small this week. Don't don't let anybody make you feel bad. Don't be sucking dicks at sipping paints. Please, please don't do that. Please don't do that. And if you come in across anybody who it feels the need to tell you as a person of color, especially how you should feel about racist behavior, you tell them to suck a dick at sipping paint. Matter of fact, tell them I got you a ticket for a sipping paint. Ain't no sipping, ain't no paint, but there's a bunch of dicks you can suck on. And there's no other way for me to say nothing else, but, uh, goodbye. Um, Tim, would you like to come up and say goodbye to the people? For what? 